Welcome to Off the Bounce. This is the NBA podcast that you did not know you needed in your life. I'm your host, Gajan, and as always, I'm joined by Viknesh. Hey, hey. And Nissan. What's going on, folks? You know I got your fun facts. Playoff edition. And did you guys know the Toronto Raptors are undefeated at the Oracle this season and the playoffs? Really? Yeah, I, they're undefeated. And you know what? I changed the name from the Oracle to the Toracle now because we own it. You want to know a fun fact? Sure. Your fun facts are actually good. Really? I lied. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not the worst fun fact. I mean, his playoff fun facts. I don't mind these ones. I don't mind these ones. We have a lot to discuss. We were trying to do an episode after every single finals game. Got a little bit squirrely because we were enjoying a nice vacation in Iceland. Uh, That being said, game five just wrapped up. We're going to have game six tomorrow in Oracle. There's a lot to talk about here and a lot of emotions we got to get off our chest. But first, when you guys heard the news that Kevin Durant was, quote unquote, clear to play, what were some of the thoughts that ran through your head? Viknesh, let me start with you. Ooh. I had two thoughts. Mm-hmm. One, super duper, duper, duper excited that Katie was coming back. Really? Because I was just, I was I, like, you want to see the best players perform on the biggest stage, you know? I had this moment when LeBron didn't make the playoffs, and we were deep. We were already deep into the NBA playoffs happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, in a group chat, I was like, yo, it just hit me that LeBron's not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, let alone, like, he's not in the finals. Same way. The fact that KD wasn't in the finals, it just felt like something about this was just sat very differently with me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the second thought was, yes, because if the Raptors are going to close it out and potentially win an NBA championship, you, when, you, when, you, when you have a dynasty about to crumble, you want the entire kingdom to crumble. You want Daenerys Targaryen burning down all of King's Landing. You want the Raptors destroying all of the Warriors. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That didn't end well for Daenerys. Spoiler oh, alert. Spoiler alert. Um, so, I mean, I guess, I guess you looked at it as, as, okay, let's bring on this challenge. What about you, Nissan? How were you feeling before game five? You know what? I'm just going to put it into one little sound effect for you guys. These are my emotions right here. Christmas is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, it's Kevin Durant. And, yeah, I get it. He wasn't 100%. But 80% of Kevin Durant is still a bad man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear you, man. I mean, when I, when I got the news, my initial response was like, eh, this is not good. Uh, but, you know, I was talking to a friend and uh, we were kind of going back and forth. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, this isn't as bad as it could be. When you're up 3-1, looking at their lineup, I looked at it as like, can we win one out of three games in the current situation? And I thought, hell yes. Because not only is Kevin Durant coming back from a really nasty injury, um, looking at the way he had an ice pack on his lower calf after the practice and then being cleared, I'm like, okay, he's not going to have that same explosiveness. He's still fighting through something. something. So while he'll have that mid-range jumper and be able to create some distance on offense, um, and, you know, it's really hard to get to that height when he releases that ball. He won't have that explosiveness. So Kawhi has a better chance of defending and staying on him, maybe for some turnovers, and he won't have that defensive presence that, you know, in some regards, I think it's a little overrated. That's a different discussion. Not to mention, on top of that, you have Clay Thompson, Kevon Looney still fighting through injuries. And I looked at it, and understanding that, 
I'm like, yes, we will definitely win one out of three games, even with Durant. And when Durant scores, you still have to he, he takes the pie from someone else. You know what I mean? It's not like you get him and someone else scoring at the same time. You get, you, he takes away from Clay and Steph scoring. So maybe he's scoring instead of Steph. Steph. But, you know, with our ability to out-rebound the team, with our ability for those second-chance opportunities at the forced turnovers, I just felt that we were going to win one out of three. So that's kind of where my head was at before the game started. But the game started, and it uh, definitely didn't go as people thought it would. You know, 12 minutes in, uh, he, he put up like 11 points in the 12 minutes and then shortly had his devastating injury. But before we talk about that injury, uh, Viknesh, what were you thinking as this game was sort of progressing and the way he was playing? Ooh, I was just thinking two words, man. Easy money. Mm. Easy money. Mm. Started, off, started off hitting his first three. As soon as that first three went in, I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those games. It's over. It's over, ladies as Stephen A. Smith would was, was say, I thought KD was about to drop 30 or 40. Mm, mm, you know? Mm, yeah. he, 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 looked, he looked that good. Like, obviously, like, you notice right away, right off the bat, he wasn't dribbling the ball as much. He wasn't bringing the ball up. He wasn't posting up. He wasn't taking anyone off the dribble. The, he was really just, like, spacing the floor, like, being a spot-up shooter, which is still deadly. You have a top three player Christmas in your league. Christmas is canceled. <laughs> spot of shooting and that what like what did that really do um not only did KD get his shots um clay and steph started off pretty hot from three as well right yeah. they were they were like the warriors were rolling the warriors were rolling and i was a little bit worried what about you nisan i mean the game started and not even the, the first quarter wasn't done. The first like after KD took his first shot, I was already standing up watching the game because I'm just like, like I said, I mean, eighty percent KD. Like, mama, there goes that man. Mm-hmm. He was going to torture us, mm-hmm. and he was on a roll. Like, he didn't have to dribble to torture us. He was perfect, almost perfect the entire first quarter, um, and no one could stop him. Not even Kawhi. Not even Pascal. Marcus All was even on him. Like. We threw all the bodies we had, and no one can stop him. And he wasn't even dribbling, right? And again, this is prior to the injury. Um, and I honestly thought at that point it was over. And I know, you know, you got to put four good quarters together. But, man, that first quarter, they kind of sold me. I think I'm in the minority where I wasn't that worried watching that first quarter. Even with KD and his shots going in and that smooth stroke, you know, we were only two possessions behind for most of that quarter, right? Um, the way that we were kind of figuring them out, spacing the floor, who's on who, and I liked our switches, and I think we figured out it pretty quickly. And then seeing, you know, a lot of these calls from the refs, and I hate to bring up the refs, but just missing these blatant calls, I'm like, you know, things are going to even out, and I think that we're in a good position right now because it could have been a lot worse. Like, looking at that first quarter, it could have been a lot worse. But it's this weird thing with the Raptors where they get these second-chance opportunities, and even though it looks like the Warriors are having a great quarter, the Raptors are just pretty close behind, similar to how Game 4 went, right? Uh, similar to even how Game 3 went in, in the Oracle. But um, long story short, has that injury, you know? Uh, turns out it's a ruptured Achilles. Can I just get something off my chest? Can I just, can I just address the elephant in the room? You man. I, the minority of people that cheered 
inside when he went down immediately. Okay. They cheered for, again, a good amount of time because he went down. The play continued. And then as the players were helping up, there was still cheering. And it wasn't until they started the play, the Warriors, and then eventually Serge Ibaka and Larry told him, like, chill, keep it down here, that the overwhelming majority just rose up and started, like, clapping and chanting KD. Okay? That's what happened. You look at Jurassic Park, the reaction afterwards, and they're trying to scrub this from the internet. You look at it, it's hard to find the footage. But Jurassic Park was cheering when KD went down. There is footage from bars in Toronto where people were cheering when he went down, while he was down. And I'll say this, and I want to make it clear. This is not the majority of Toronto Raptors fans. This is simply not the majority. It is a subset of, and I, I, don't, I can't use the language that I want to use on the show, a subset of disgusting people. I'm just going to say it like that. That would look at someone going down and choose to laugh or jeer and, and relish in that pain. Okay, that's a subset of disgusting people. And frankly, it's just, it should be, it's, unaccept, it's unacceptable. You wouldn't want to teach those kinds of lessons to any kind of person, any kind of kid or anything like that. But somehow as adults, because we, I don't know, pay for tickets, pay for the beer or pay to show up or pay with our time or pay with our attention, that we feel that it's okay to cheer. And, you know, maybe use the excuse, well, they're multimillionaires, they're, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in their pockets, so what? No, like at the end of the day, it's about character. It's about having some sort of morality when it comes to these things that you can look at another human being going down and you don't laugh at that. You don't take enjoyment from that. So I just had to get that out of my chest because I've seen a lot of these hot takes and they swing one extreme or the other. Hey, NBC, it's not all of Canada cheering, by the way, okay? Just because a loud minority were in there? No, 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 no. Most of us, don't enjoy that, especially uh, those of us that are actual fans of the game. I went from taking two pills to taking seven. Oh, boy. Most of us that actually follow the game, like actually watched the NBA, oh, I don't know, during the regular season and watching it here, um, we know not to cheer. We know what Kevin Durant means to the league. We know that we want the best competitors there regardless, and we want to win and compete at the highest level. So, like I said, it, it shouldn't be one extreme where you're trying to blanket everyone, but at the same time, you don't leave these kind of people off the hook. We don't want your fandom, and honestly, you need to do some soul-searching. If I wanted to play devil's advocate, not really, but is it fair to say that some of the people that did cheer or might have cheered, whether it's at the bar or Jurassic Park, I mean, it was a weird time because obviously the turnover happened, we did score on the other end, but... The people that are seeing KD go down, do you think it was a cheer not because he's injured, but because we know if he's not playing, it's a better chance for us to win? That's what I see. I look at this and I'm like, it's this gut reaction that Raptors fans, they are nervous because KD's coming back. This is his yeah. first game there. The news around it. And it's this gut reaction to cheer and to celebrate that. And, you know, what for me, you know, okay, sure, gut reaction, but... It continued on for a long enough period of time that I looked at it. I'm like, okay, this is, even if it is a gut reaction, it's not acceptable. And it's not for me to police this or, uh, you know, come on my high horse or whatever it is. I'm just giving you my opinion. I'm saying when this happens, 
the real basketball fans, the, the sports fans in general, should jump in and use it as a teaching moment, saying that, hey, you're kind of being a dick. That's not what we do in sports in this arena. Let's actually use this as a teachable moment and, and remind them how we should behave in the presence of these athletes. To be fair, to add to that, my coworker who I sit next to actually won tickets to the game, and they sat on the other side. So they couldn't, they seen KD go down, but he told me, and they were in the lower bowl, that whole side, like, I don't know if people know what the arena looks like, but the three, uh, the 113 section right behind the net, no one was cheering there because they didn't know what was going on. Like, no one was cheering mm-hmm. for KD mm-hmm. being down, right? They didn't see until they put it up on the big screen and then the play stopped. They're like, okay, he's being carried off. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's why I say it's the minority because at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the broadcast mics, when you watch the game, you know when every single crowd is saying the same thing, like, uh, refs, you suck. And you know when it's just a small group of people or a little audience of that. It wasn't the whole arena. It wasn't every single person in every bar. And I'm sure it wasn't every single person in Jurassic Park. All I'm saying is that small subset of people that would cheer for something like that. And even some of the people that, you know, online or I've had passing conversations with that think it's okay that he's injured like this, that it's something that we should be happy about. That's disgusting. And, you know, you should know better. No, 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 listen, zip it. I'm talking. I'll let you talk. <laughs> okay, I'm done then. I know. I, I looked like I was going to say more. I am done. McNesh, what are your thoughts? I'm sorry to take up so much of time, but what are your thoughts when you, when you find out or saw witness that he got injured? My word for word, my reaction, when he put the ball on the floor and then he dropped and he held his, and he held, held his leg out. I stood up, hands on both my, both my hands on my head, and I was like, mm. "Oh my, oh my God, that's the Achilles." Yeah, right. Yep. And I felt, I feel like I speak for all basketball purists who've watched the game for so long. When I say, as soon as someone goes down like that, you know what it is. Because even though I'm not a Kobe fan, as soon as Kobe went down and held his leg, like we knew what it was, mm. and we know the weight of an Achilles injury, right? And we're more concerned about the game possibly like missing out on such a great like player yep. versus like winning. Right. And I'm not, I'm not going to call it the bandwagon fans, but for the casual fans and maybe people's like even some diehard fans. Yeah. The gut reaction is, you know, Oh, a championship is now even more of a reality. Right. But that shouldn't be the right thing to do. Like the right thing to do, but in in obviously in the Canadian way, we ended up cheering, yep. right? We ended up cheering for him. We ended up clapping while he was he was he credit was taken credit off. to the majority, just overpowering, yeah, clapping and shouting, Katie. Uh, you know, it, it, it's you know, I'm glad that they were there and their common sense prevailed. But here is where I draw the line, right? You, you take this as like a teachable moment for all basketball fans. I take this as you just put a black mark on all, on all Canadians in general because this is the first time we've been, us as Toronto basketball fans, us as Canadian basketball fans have been on such a global stage and we've been put on this pedestal as being some of the greatest fans, not, like not even some, as being probably the best fan base in all, in all of in all of the NBA, right? Where we travel, we're nice people. We cheer so hard for our team. We travel in 
packs and packs to watch these games. Jurassic Park is lit. There's so much media attention. And now all of a sudden, we gave something, we gave something to the media to just chew on, which was we cheered for KD's injury and we can't respect, like, we don't respect that type of competition. Mm. I mean, I know, I know you're itching to say something. I can, I can see it in your face right now, but I just want to, I mean, I get it. I hear you. I understand it. But regardless of the fan base, I mean, yeah, we do have a great fan base, but every batch of apples, there's going to be one bad one. And you know what? We were at, we were at fault. But let me pull out like another example that other people talked about. It was on Twitter when Kawhi was playing with the Spurs and he went down. The Golden State Warriors fans were cheering and they were booing when they seen the replay of the foul because it was called a foul on Zaza Petulia. And the, and the crowd was booing at the call after seeing the replay on a big screen, right? But again, media doesn't talk about that. Like that wasn't, that didn't go viral or anything. The fact that we, A, are Canadians, the U.S. just needs some clickbait stuff to talk about. And because we are on this global stage, you know, why do you think they only cut out, you know, they cut out the KD chanting part. They didn't mention that, right? I mean, it's to pinpoint us, it's to put a target on our back and make us look bad. But we're not. I got I to gotta vehemently disagree with you on that portion of it. Because here's the thing. Uh, it doesn't put a black mark on the entire fan base. I genuinely believe that Toronto has the best basketball fan base. The way we show up. The way we represent. It's an unfair. And truthfully, it's an unfair comparison. Because it's one team for an entire country. You can't put a single city in the U.S. up against an entire nation cheering for a team. They don't speak for us. They don't put a black mark on the entire fan base. They absolutely do not. That's the media trying to sell the headline. You're buying into that. Like they want to sell it as that because here's the thing. The idea for whether it's a news channel or a sports channel to say, hey, remember how Canadians have this thing where they're super nice? Well, turns out they're actually not that nice. Sells headlines. It's a talking point. It's great for the people that are on, you know, first take or part of the interruption or whatever it may be, actually, you know, not part of the interruption. They actually were pretty classy about it, didn't mention that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's great for those kind of clip bait uh, uh, media outlets to sell an agenda. Here's the thing. Who cares what, what other cities were rooting for us? None of these other cities in the NBA were ever cheering for us. And don't get it twisted. They were cheering against the Warriors. They wanted to love us, the lovable loser, the underdog, they loved the idea of it, but they were never with us, okay? They were cheering against the Warriors. The only people that were cheering for the Raptors are Raptors fans and maybe a handful of Memphis Grizzlies fans that absolutely love big Spain, Mark Gasol. So I'm sorry, but I have to just disagree with what you're saying because, I mean, that, that's, this is what like NBC and like ESPN want to sell us. This idea that there's all of a sudden a black mark against all of Toronto. That's bullshit. Even Jalen Rose said it best. Like, he was in the arena. And, you know, yeah, some people did cheer at the moment. But once they realized what, went, what happened, like, it was a somber arena. And, like, mm-hmm. was, people realize, like, it's the Achilles. Yep, yep. You know? And, again, I, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think this. I'm sorry we had to disagree with you. I don't like think that. this puts down the entire fan base of Toronto. My thing is that it's not that it puts it down. It's just that in the eyes of everyone when we're on that global stage, it's like, why 
why did why did this moment have to happen Who here? Who cares? It does not matter. That's what I'm saying about it with respect to that. Here's the thing. What I care about is when we have, you know, these bad apples that legitimately would cheer for someone to be injured in order for us to win. Like that's my issue. That's that's the singular issue. But I absolutely don't care what any other fan base thinks about the Toronto Raptors. The record-breaking 2018-2019 Toronto Raptors, first time in the NBA Finals in franchise history, Toronto Raptors. Like, who cares? This is such a monumental moment for us. Why? Why we got to care about that? And if, I, if you really think that we ha- like, you know, it's tainting us or putting a black mark, like, if they really did want to cheer for, the, for an injury, for him, they wouldn't have chanted for KD. They would have kept cheering on his injury. But they didn't. They realized what went down and, you know, obviously owned up to their mistakes. You know, and there's even someone, someone's out there even started a GoFundMe account as well. Shout out to whoever that is. I don't know his name, but started a GoFundMe account to raise money for KD's charity as well. So, like, you know, people make mistakes and there's people donating too. Have I convinced you? Or do you still yeah. feel like there's a... No, no, no. I, like, I just... I just had to bring that up mm-hmm. because I was like, I was so happy and so elated because all through our entire playoff run, mm-hmm. you know, we were slowly building up that, whoa, Toronto, there's no one like Toronto fans. There's no fan base like Toronto fans. And I was like, yo, we are going to be the pinnacle of, N- of what an NBA fan base should be. Mm-hmm. And right, there was just like, instead of being 99 out of 100, like we were 100 out of 100 and now we're 99. I feel like uh, Vic Nashir is like that eager student in class that just wants the approval of the teacher, like just wants to be just wants to be loved by his classmates and the teacher. I no, like I just I, I just like, want I just, I want just wanted to everyone loved. to know. Yeah. I just wanted the entire NBA to be put on notice like, yo, Toronto's a dope place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and if like, you know, I, yeah. any potential free yeah. agents yeah. want to come approval. our way. You want the approval of other cities and other other people uh, around the world. <laughs> yeah, because I'm really seeking the approval of the fucking Listen, moribund. at the end of the day, what's going to happen, what's going to happen is whoever wins the championship, no one's going to talk about our fan base this entire offseason. The season's going to start. People are like, oh, yeah, we have a great fan base. It's going to be Jurassic Park's going to be full for the first couple of months. And no one's going to show up for throughout the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Playoffs come around again next year. Jurassic Park's going to blow up. And that's when we're going to be relevant again. Yeah, okay, yeah, So yeah. let's be real. No one really cares about it. Except for us. And don't swear. This is a family show. Okay. okay. Toronto right. versus everybody. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, moving on. Let's just talk about how the game ended and then let make our predictions for game six. Um, watching the rest of the game, uh, I'll kind of start this off. I was very impressed on our ability to actually change and shift momentum almost at will. We came back from three double-digit leads for the Warriors and were able to either tie or get within one possession and eventually take the lead. Um, Toward the end, we had the game in our grasp. Nick Nurse looked at his team, thought they were tired, called a timeout as we were on like a 9-0 run. Um, Ultimately, could have cost us the game. What really cost us the game, if I had to put one thing uh, on it, it was just poor defensive switches and giving the opportunity of Steph, Clay, and then Clay again to shoot three threes for them to eventually take the lead and win the game by a single point margin. I look at that possession, those three possessions, and how it went down. Yes, they should have called the Marcus the foul on Marcus All when he was in the lane. The two minute report shows that they did. They confirmed that uh, Marcus All would have had two shots at the line, and we would have won the game and the championship right there. 
But again, that being said, you cannot give up those open threes. Two of them were pretty clearly open. You have to stay on those two. There's only two scorers on the floor at that time, right? Stay on them. Do not miss that opportunity. And if they score two, they score two. It's okay. Uh, what about you, Viknesh? How did you feel about the rest of the game? Ooh. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to flash forward to that fourth quarter. Because, okay, Kawhi wasn't even there for the whole third quarter. I don't know what was happening. Uh, maybe he was just like, he was just wasn't there offensively for that third quarter. But, you know, he scored his first point in the third quarter with like two minutes left, right? Um, he missed a free throw, which probably would have, like, if he hit that one, like, that would have tied the game. But when it came down to when it mattered, and he himself went on that 10 nothing run for us, like, by and large, that is an all-time, like, like, that is a Michael Jordan-esque performance that he put in the fourth quarter. Playing to have fun. Yeah, he was playing to have fun, but that's a, that's a Michael Jordan-esque pantheon, all-time great performance that should have sealed that victory. And, and Brian Windhorst even said, while Kawhi was on that 10 nothing run and the Raptors were up six, they were already rolling out the Larry O'Brien trophy in the Raptors tunnel and put it, and they were lining the locker room and the walls with plastic and pulling the champagne out. Mm, mm. Right? Nisan, how do you feel about how the rest of the game? I mean, can I just say this one thing? I think DeMarcus Cousins is a double agent because <laughs> he literally almost gave the game away. With the foul, or like the, sorry, the offensive interference with that put back down, yeah. the goaltend. Yeah. No, no, the offensive interference. Yeah. Offensive goaltend, yeah. Offensive goaltending. Goal yeah. And then uh, the foul on Kyle Lowry, or like the goaltend on Kyle Lowry. And then the illegal screen, which I feel like the ref shouldn't call because it's so late in the game. But that's three possessions that he just gets. Is he a double agent? I hope so. That illegal screen. I swear that's never been called that late in a game. No, no. In like a series deciding f- game for the NBA Finals. I think that's the first one. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I won't lie. I'm happy it went our way, but I just think that that's not a call yeah. you make 95, 99% of the time. Either. 100% of the time. <laughs> but with the last, you know, three minutes where we didn't really score, I mean, it just goes to show who we're up against. And these are the defending champs. We're facing the Splash Brothers, and they splashed those three threes, right? Um, what I think could have been done better, maybe, is we had enough time and we had the one timeout left. Not call it right away because obviously you want to let them play in the momentum and I get that and I agree with Nick Nurse on that point. But as soon as you see you know, your star player get double teamed and pass it off to Fred, that might have been a good time to call the timeout, reset, regroup, and then drop a play for Kwai. You know, similar to what went down in the Sixers series. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he called an earlier timeout that put him in position, and I think that they should have just called a slower play if he thought they were tired. You know, eat the clock, run some time down, and force the Warriors to call a timeout. Warriors had no timeouts remaining. They had one timeout remaining. They, they did? Yeah, they had one timeout remaining, and they could have forced them to call, use that timeout. <sighs> yeah. Again, we could, we, could talk, we could talk about this, you know, until yeah. the next game, but yeah. Yeah. a well, lot could have happened. It, yeah. I mean, it sucks losing that way, um, but you know, it just goes to show how good the Warriors. I don't think, I don't think the Raptors gave it away. I just, I think the Warriors wanted it more than we did. Yeah, and I, you know, at the end of the day, I did predict Raps in six. So not Balsadamas don't lie. So 
the universe is just going to bring that to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at game six, let's make our official predictions. Uh, Vikness, let me start with you. How is this game going to go and who wins? Um, I think the Raptors, just like the entire series, they're going to play amazing defense, especially with Kavon Looney out. Um, buying large, DeMarcus Cousins has been the double agent this whole series, right? He's been horrible on the floor, but he was pretty good as well as pretty bad during the <laughs> the final stretch yeah, of game five. what do you take? Five. Do you take the good or do you take the bad? Like, I, do you take both? I don't know. Let's just take his Achilles again. <laughs> oh, that's not saying that. Come on. That's a little harsh there. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, I don't know. This one's tough because Warriors are going in with confidence now that they could Force a game seven. They've got something to play for in losing KD and Kavon Looney. Um, this is the last game at Oracle. All signs point to the Warriors coming out, firing, and Stephen Clay going off for 50 combined. Um, but even then, I got to believe in the Raptors' defense. And I think the Raptors have shown that they could play in probably the hardest place to play in the NBA, which is the Oracle. I had Raps in seven, but I get... Uh, Are you I, walking back on your prediction? My gut... You know what? As a Raps fan, I don't care if my prediction doesn't come true because as long as the Raps win. All right. Right? So let's go. Raps in six. Okay. So you're predicting the Raptors victory. What about you, Nisa? How do you feel this game goes and what's your prediction? Uh, I think the Raptors will win three of the quarters. Um, the Warriors will go on their notorious third quarter run. And then the Raps will eke it out in the fourth. And yes, I am going back on my prediction, saying Raps in seven. As much as I don't want to, I'm just thinking about all these puzzle pieces coming together. Mm. And it's like Raps in six, Toronto is the six. And usually the parade happens every two days, which means the parade will be on a Saturday, which means I'll have the day off and you'll have the day off and you will have the day off and we'll all be at the parade. And you Um, forgot one more thing. This will be the... The hundred and sixth playoff game for the Raptors. Mm. So I think it's like poetry in motion at that point. And you know what? I'm not embarrassed to say I'm taking my call back and switching it up. Yeah, yeah. Of course you are. Of course you are. Uh, this is exactly how the game is going to go. The, Ra- the the Raptors are going to come out and they're going to be behind the Warriors in the first half, but keeping it between uh, a, a four possession and one possession game. Just you know, inking forward, moving a little bit back. Uh, just a battle of attrition. I think the Warriors will be the first to 20. Uh, those of you that are gamblers, here's some real insight right now. I think the total game, uh, Warriors are going to be held to under 110 points. Um, the third quarter run that Golden State is known for is not going to happen. The Raptors are actually going to mount uh, what will be an insurmountable comeback after the half, build a big enough buffer that the Warriors starters, despite Clay and Steph combining for 70 points in game six, they will be sitting for the last minute, minute and a half of the game because of said lead. And the Raptors, like I predicted before this whole series started, will win the Larry O'Brien, the Sir Lawrence O'Brien trophy for the first time in franchise history in six games. When I think about playoffs, my nipples get hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I got a a real question for you, Mr. Mr. Betting Odds over here. Yes. What is what is the over under on Danny Green and, and Pascal Siakam showing up? Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now that Siakam's gonna be there for about 17 points. He's gonna be more of a defensive presence and definitely um, 
I listen, he's not going to lead in rebounds. I still think Kawhi is going to be the one that's leading in rebounds. And I think Danny Green is going to hit four threes in this game. Boardman gets paid. Boardman gets paid. Yeah. Also, a little bit of breaking news. You guys probably might hear this. Whoever's listening to the episode, you're probably going to know about this. What? Kyrie Irving is expected to join Rock Nation and fire his current agent right now. And Ain't nobody care about Kyrie Irving during the NBA Finals. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, Jay-Z, Rock Nation, Okay, Brooklyn. and with that, thank you all <laughs> for listening. Make sure to follow the Risky Fox on Instagram. Let us know what you think. What do you, how do you think the finals are going to transpire? Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace, peace. See you later, folks. Ha, 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 ha.